Hello and welcome to Soul Self. I'm your host, Shana, a board certified coach and trauma healer, a double fire sign, Anagram 7 and 8 generator. I know it's a lot, but I'm here for it. I'm speaking on all the things that people are thinking but too afraid to say. Also, fearlessly speaking on important but taboo topics. So prepare for inspiration, no bullshit approach of getting straight to the point. I'll have you thinking and taking action in your life. Here we talk all things brain, womb health, masculine, feminine, polarity and embodiment, dating, sex, pleasure, relationships, spirituality, magic, manifesting, God, and so much more. For more of my offerings, including ways to work with me, self-paced programs, monthly subscription, spells, masterclasses, and even an apothecary of lunar charge in Reiki-infused candles, fat soaks, oils, and more, check out bloomshakti.com. Hello, and welcome to this very overdue episode on the Netflix show, Sex Life. So I watched season two when it first came out. I wrote down all my notes, and there's just been other things that I've been super passionate about that I wanted to get out there. And I feel like by now, at this point, a lot of people who are meant to watch the show have watched it. If you have not watched Sex Life on Netflix season one, please do it. Do it for yourself. It's the best TV show ever. I loved it. And what I loved about it is that it's so real and it just allowed us, especially as women, to feel more self-accepting around our desire to want to be well-fucked, to have passionate, amazing love, to have it all, and to also really bring light to the fact that you know, that transition from maiden to mother, so pre being a mother to being a mother, that transition is not easy. And I love how the show really encompasses that in it. And the main character, Billy, I feel like she is just the way they represented her character is just such a great representation of what real women are feeling and maybe struggling with. And she's just fucking epic. So I'm super excited to dive into season two, episode one. And if you need to find the um, the show, just look it up on Netflix, like search it, sex slash life. I, I'm pretty sure it'll come up if you just type in sex. So yeah. Um, also, I think the Netflix rating was like five out of 10, but I think that's false because the show's so fucking good, okay? So also, I want to kind of go through like all the characters that we have on the show and I'm going to go through them. So we have Billy, the main character, her husband, Cooper, her bestie, Sasha, Brad, the, oh bitch, you'll know who Brad is, okay? Um, In season two, we have Majid, we have Francesca, we have Gigi. I don't really reference her that much though. And then we have Cam, who is Sasha's ex-boyfriend, who we see and yeah so yeah okay so let's jump in so I really want to emphasize for those of you that watch this one of the things that I love the most and by the way I'm gonna break this little series that we're doing up so today's episode I'm talking about episode one and two so make sure you've watched episode season two episode one and two before listening to this because I don't want to fucking spoil it, okay? Unless until you don't care about me spoiling it. Like, if you're still going to watch it, then 
cool, right? I don't like to sit in a place of stress. So, like, if someone has already watched something and, and tells me what the storyline is, I'm like, fuck it. I don't want to watch it. Because it's like, what's the point of it, right? Anyways, um, okay, so let's dive into... Honestly, what I love about this show is that it's really centered, even in season two, like, the characters get to have the sexy, passionate love that is safe and fulfilling. That's really what I want us to think about in terms of even Brad, right, and Billy. Like, even with them, they definitely had a trauma bond. But as we start to get through season two, I'm like, hmm, there's something that's coming in with bad and Brad and safety because he finds himself, right? And even still, when we look at Billy's new relationship with Majid, there's such a sense of safety there. And there's so much passionate, sexy, love, polarity, desire, etc. Right? So can we just be real about the fact that relationships are an important part of our lives? And, we, you know, the quality of our relationships is the quality of our life, right? And it's true. And this is across the board, all kinds of relationships. And Cam actually said in episode, I think episode two, he's like, I've climbed these mountains and when I got to the top, I turned around to enjoy the view with someone and no one was there, right? And I know we've all heard that, but I think there's a lot of us who listen to this and we can relate to that. And we are like, you know, we've had achievements, big or small, but we wish we could have like shared that with someone else and we didn't, right? Like maybe you traveled somewhere alone and you wish someone special was there with you and you can share like the experience or the view or whatever, right? Like express that excitement. But if someone's not there, then you don't get to share that with them. And it doesn't mean that we always need to be in relationships and partnerships, have people around us all the time. Solitude and space is such a healthy thing. It's just about what I've really noticed that the writer is painting a picture that it's about noticing whether we are being alone all the time from a place of self-protection or choice. Choice, great, self-protection, not great, right? And I talk about this with Sasha. I'm gonna talk about it in a little bit, but you know, when we what we start to see with her character is this independent woman thing that she has going on. And it does seem to be a front because then we start to see her history that she's been hurt in the past, that she has put other people in front of herself. And something that's really important that gets kind of blended with sex life is it's not about being selfish it's it's not about never letting someone else into your life it's also not about then you know going to the other extreme and putting your dream aside for the sake of someone else it's about having both it's about doing both it's about being both it's about welcoming both and as I watched the show I was just like oh my god like it's just so fucking sexy and hot and too because I'm like yes this is what women need to hear and this is what we're doing right like and check the alchemy and stuff we're allowing ourselves to have it all and some people are like no it's not possible and I'm like it's not possible to do it all at one time the way you're probably doing it right now but it is possible to do it all maybe just not the way that you think that you have to actually Like the execution is probably different than what you think, but it is possible to have it all, do it all, be it all, okay? So let's just jump in deeper to the episode. I'm going to go through the beginning of the episodes and then we're going to go through like all the episodes in detail. Number one, Majid from the bar, fucking vibe, so sexy, so masculine, so just like 
here the fuck I am. And when she kind of rejects him, he doesn't take it. He's still there. We love that. Like, I'm watching this and I'm like getting wet because I'm like, yes, this is a masculine man. And imagine this a really clear depiction of a healthy masculine, right? Like, he's not forcing her. He's not forcing himself on her. He's not being pushy. He's just not being easily pushed away. Oh, drool. Unlike Albie in White Lotus, who's a pushover and who's a wet fish, a wet fish is just like a person who's dead weight, right? It's like when you shake a person's hand and their hand's just soft and it feels like a dead fish. It's vile, right? Like, it's literally fucking disgusting. And that character is so passive. It's very unattractive. Like, yeah, he might feel safe, but he only feels safe to a woman who has been through, generally speaking, a lot of abuse and is now afraid that any kind of control, any kind of dominance, you know, any kind of leadership from a man, she's afraid of that because of the abuse. So what will happen is it's not uncommon for women who have been through abusive situations with really dominant, unhealthy men, like two dominant men, um, to kind of go into the other extreme and they end up being with really passive men. And those men don't have to be healthy either, right? Like here's the thing. When a man has to be passive, that means there's some shit that he hasn't dealt with. He's suppressing his natural desires because of society because of fears insecurities whatever the fuck is happening right so okay back to sex life we love magic right what's interesting is in season one we kind of see this change a little what's interesting is sasha has a completely different life to billy sasha seems to not want to settle down she doesn't want marriage she doesn't have this desire for marriage But then what we see, which is very interesting, is when she went on that uh, TV show for her book, she was interviewed, right? And the interviewer says, this is the new world order, ladies, and I like it. And I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, what the fuck, right? So paint the picture. Sasha is talking about independent woman. Marriage isn't the right paradigm for me. A paradigm, like, that word triggers me. It's so overused and... It sounds like a wet fish. <laughs> you guys, I barely learned this wet fish thing, and I'm like fucking all about it. Anyways, um, basically, it's like a friend, right? And what's really important is that this these characters make us realize and make you realize, I'm hoping, and I'm explaining this to you. Often, people are not aware of these things, right? It's only when shit starts to crumble that they become aware of their friends. It doesn't mean that you know, they're a bad person for putting up a front, but I want you to take a moment and notice, like, do you have any fronts that you put up, right? Like, do you tell yourself, this is me, this is me, this is me? Okay, but have you ever, and I'm not saying it's wrong, maybe it is you, right? But have you ever just sat with yourself in a really deep state of meditation and been really honest and admitted things that you didn't want to fucking admit, right? Like, really checking in of like, is this what I want? So I'm going to give you guys an example. Back when I was super hyper-masculine and I would be like, fuck men, um, <laughs> which is like a majority of women nowadays, but point being, I was so like, yes, this is me. I'm not changing. I don't need a man. I'm Miss Independent. I could do bad all by myself, right? When I got really deep into myself and I didn't want to admit this, there was a hint of like, I don't like this. I'm kind of lying to myself, but I don't have another option, right? That was a subtle option, uh, voice in my head of like, 
this is the only option. This is the only way that I can get the life that I want to get is by being really masculine, is by hustling and burning myself out. There was no other paradigm for me that I was aware of. So what we see is Sasha is putting this front because of the pain, which we later find out. But also most women don't think that there's another way. So when the interviewer says, this is the new world order, and I like it, that was a terrible message to give out, right? Like my only problem when we promote this kind of paradigm, as they say, with these beautiful women, these amazing outfits, these, you know, perfect, stylish, fun lives is we put it as a goal for young women and we make it the vibe, right? Like Sasha is a fucking vibe in the show. And if you didn't fully understand what was going on, young women would be like, oh, I want to be like Sasha, right? So they want to have this epic life, this whole independent woman show, marriage is for me. And while that might be the case for some women, my question is, is it the case for all women or a lot of women are lying to themselves when they tell themselves that story, if they're telling themselves that story, right? So what I'm aware of is that I don't want young girls to think that the new thing to strive for is this stylish independent woman life where guys aren't hurting you, etc., etc. All guys do is hurt women. And why I don't want this to happen is because it can bring so much unhappiness. One, we're going against our core needs as women and humans. And a lot of women go against their core desires because they feel like they're not as cool, right? Like, and I struggled with this in the past too, right? Like even admitting I want a relationship, I want to be with a man and I don't want to have to do it all myself. I want to be, you know, saved and protected. I want to have a hero be wrapped up in a man's arms. I didn't want to admit any of that. I thought it was so weak and lame and against the whole girl boss vibe. And I thought the girl boss vibe was so cool because of what we see in the media, right? And where this blend is so important, and I'm excited to see what kind of ends up happening with Sasha and Kim, is I really, I really hope that we end up seeing Sasha as like, you know what, we can't have it all, but it has to be with the right person, right? Because that's true. Like, you can have it all. You can have the safe relationship, the hot sex, the polarity, if you're with the right person and you're aligned on certain things. So we really want to be promoting partnership and a healthy partnership in a very new way, not in this old way of this independent woman bullshit, right? It seems more exciting and a badge of honor than being in a relationship. And often, you know, women actually say, I want to be single. It's coming from a protection mechanism. They think that they have to settle down for boring sex. Like, fuck no. Okay. Like, no, you get to have the hot sex, the juicy, passionate sex and the safety all at once. Literally, you get to have the best of both worlds. Okay. Just like Hannah Montana. And, (laughs) and this is one of the things I feel like couples don't really talk about right like my future man we're gonna have a conversation like of how important intimacy and sex is to me and you really do have to prioritize both things like and if it's an important topic like you're gonna talk about it right like it's part of your day-to-day life so 
Anyways, at the end of the interview, we see that Sasha meets her ex-fiance, right? Kim. And I couldn't help but think when I saw this, is like, see, don't shut down something just because it hasn't worked out for you yet or before, right? So my question is, I'm like saying this to Sasha, are you shutting it down to protect yourself or to serve yourself, right? Like, I often pick up from her character that it's a very, like, it's a protection mechanism. Her desire to always have fun and party and do this, it's not a bad thing. We've all been there, right? But where is the desire coming from? Like, is it coming from a place of, yeah, I really just want to go have fun, or is it coming from a place of unhappiness, trying to fill a hole, trying to numb something out, trying to feel more, trying to feel more joy in her life, right? And then later in the episode, we find out her, like, okay, Cam, Cam didn't really hurt her. She interpreted things differently, right? Like, she created her own self-fulfilling prophecy of this is how men are. And I'm really glad they brought that into the show because we start to see that, like, okay, Sasha was hurt. And this persona of I'm an independent woman, marriage isn't for me, this is the new way, it's really a protection mechanism, okay? Then we move into the scene with Cooper and Francesca having sex in the elevator, and I don't know what it is, like, even a kiss in an elevator, there's something that's just so, like, sexy about it. Elevators are sexy, right? I think it's the fact that it's, like, a public space the doors can open up anytime it's this fantasy of like getting caught being naughty but anyways anyways love that scene totally support that scene and I really hope that we could all pause rewind and replay that scene for our own pleasure because this show is like soft porn and I'm so fucking obsessed with it anyways so what was really interesting as we continued watching after this <clears throat> scene is Everyone loves this new Billy, new Cooper vibe, right? Because Cooper's friend in the office says that, and I was just thinking, are they new or are they now their best selves and no longer in a relationship that is draining them, right? A hot, healthy, sexy relationship makes you your best fucking self. It doesn't make you your worst. And I'm not necessarily saying Billy and Cooper were their worst selves when they were together. What I'm saying is, like, it was clear that they were not in alignment, right? Like, they were not fully allowing themselves to express their truest selves. They were kind of settling. They were being happy, doing what was right by the books. And here's the thing. Like, they seemed happy. Like, they say they were happy. But they were just, like, content, right? There's nothing wrong with content, Okay, like, sometimes I just want to be content for a month. I don't want to be, you know, like, doing anything big, right? Content is a good space to be in to regulate your nervous system. But when we are being content and thinking that that's the goal, to just be content, and maybe that is your goal, that's fine. But if that's from a conscious great, then that's great, right? Billy and Cooper was from a conscious, uh, it wasn't from a conscious place. This is what I was conditioned to believe that I need to have in my life and I can't ask for more. It's greedy to ask for more. It's wrong to ask for more. And we kind of see through their parents and upbringing a little more of like, okay, this is making sense based on the family that they grew up in. 
Cooper is this perfect man who seemed to grow up in a perfect family who doesn't want to ruffle flowers, feathers. And while he's a good man, he's not with Billy pleasing her the way that she wants to be pleased, right? Like we end up seeing with Francesca that Cooper's got the sex in him. He's got that, uh, he's got that passion and spice, but it's like, is it from a place of like, fuck Billy and he's trying to be a different version of himself that isn't himself? Or is it actually himself, but with Billy, they just weren't lighting each other on fire, right? And that doesn't mean that they didn't have a good relationship for what it was worth, right? Like, any of you that are fucking relating to this whole situation, doesn't mean that he's a bad guy or she's a bad girl. It doesn't mean that he didn't have a good relationship. It's just like, it wasn't everything, right? It wasn't giving them everything that they wanted. It wasn't making them feel electric and inspired and energetic. It was very like mundane, black and white, very same, same, right? Like some people that's great for them. Like for Cooper, it seemed fine, but we don't really know about Coopy's, Cooper's, Coopy, Cooper's history much. Maybe it was fine for Cooper. And I think it was because of his conditioning, but also like men are more simple, right? If you're in the program, let men be men, you totally get this. Like, but with Billy, she was like a rebel who's like, fuck the conditioning. And she was accepting of that. But Cooper had a lot more on the conditioning and he realized like it's influencing what he thinks he wants and doesn't want in his life. Then we get to the scene where Sasha's grandma is trying to protect her from quote-unquote guys like him, right? It's a flashback scene where Cam has proposed, all the, had proposed all those years ago, and Sasha is packing to move to California. Oh my god, this helicopter is so, flying so low. Anyways, um, this is such a great scene because why I like it is because it paints this picture that I've spoken about before, and I'm gonna talk about this like in my book right like which is in in the process but what I talk about is how like our moms and their mothers so our grandmothers they really had to be the ones paving the way for us and for a lot of us what we've experienced as women that causes us to go into our hybrid masculine is the story that has been passed down to us from women having to fight for their rights and their freedom we as women have our rights and freedom in most first world countries, right? We're treated as equals. And if you get into the whole, no, like gender pay gap, like it was a thing, but it's not a thing anymore. Okay. Like marketing likes to make it a thing, but if you actually research it and look into it, it's not a thing. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is the story, like it's a story that's been passed down to us from women having to be in fight or flight all the time, having to fight for something that we now have, right? And they're still playing out this story of the world isn't safe for women. You have to protect yourself. You have to be independent. Men aren't there to treat you the same, whatever, right? Like the men back then, they were getting used to this whole new way of living, right? It wasn't the norm for them. And those women, like our mothers and grandmothers, they were having to navigate that. But they still have that story in their head, of course. And because they haven't healed it, it gets passed down to us, which is causing us to also be in our hypermasculine if we're not fully aware of it, because they've had to be in their hypermasculine energy, right? It's from a space of protection because they've been 
fighting, right? And having to protect themselves. But we don't have to take on that role anymore. Now we really need to bring the pendulum back to a place of neutrality rather than keeping ourselves on this fucking hamster wheel that is causing us to swing too far to the other extreme of things. So with Sasha, right, she's fed this story of she has to be independent, don't follow a man, don't do something for a man, he's going to let you down, yada, yada, yada. And it's a very, it's a very extremist view. I'm not saying it's wrong. I know women have had to believe that in order to get what we have now in fucking 2023. But now as women in 2023, you know, the girls in 2023, we don't need to keep fighting for something that doesn't exist anymore, right? Otherwise, what's going to happen is we're going to keep swinging the pendulum so far. We're not going to have polarity. Men are going to be fucking feminized and we're not attracted to that. Women are going to be happier masculine. Men are going to be more feminine. (laughs) We got to thank our mom and our grandmother and bring the pendulum back to a place of neutrality where men men and women can be in harmony, right? Not consciously, subconsciously fighting against each other all the fucking time. Anyways. Welcome to my TED Talk. So, <clears throat> back to Majid, right? Majid is a fucking vibe. He is, like, so soothing to my nervous system. I don't know. Like, he just appeals to the woman's desire. Let me get some water. And he just, like, he's planting seeds with you know, Billy on that date of the future, he's making her nervous system feel safe, that there's no pressure, there's no rush, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not, I'm here, and he is creating that, like, oh, it, it, like, the future, right, he just creates this tension of, like, what's to come, so it's this blend of safety that she needs and desires with that sexy polarity that she also wants, because remember, she's on this journey, of trying to have the best of both worlds. He's doing a fabulous job so far. Okay. But we also start to see. Billy is feeling like she doesn't deserve to be happy. Right. The scene where she's kind of beating herself up for being with another man. And she's putting herself down and feeling like she doesn't deserve to do this. Because she broke up her marriage or whatever it is. I know that this is something a lot of women go through. We diminish our needs for happiness. We punish ourselves because of the way we've been put down and put into boxes in the past. It's about creating this intricate blend of not going to this extremist level of fuck anyone who put me in a box or anything like that, but instead coming at it from like this deep intimate level from yourself, knowing that you are allowed to be happy, that you deserve to be happy, that you don't need to Go after that from a place of anger towards society, the patriarchy, or whatever fucking bullshit, right? Like, you have to allow yourself to be deserving of happiness from a place of love towards yourself. So, Billy is on this journey of, like, trying to work out, okay, is this, like, possible for me? What does my new life look like? But she is also now going on this journey of, like, do I even deserve this? And this is so relatable because in society, we are really told that you can't have it all. You can't do it all. You know, the role of the mother is heavily diminished. Make sure to listen to the 
episode I did on how we need to revalue motherhood. And the role of the feminine is fucking diminished in a broader sense too, right? Like, we put ourselves, we continue to put ourselves in boxes because we think that we are going to get more validation and acceptance from that. But what we know, and you probably know, is even if you're putting yourself in a fucking box to get that validation or get that acceptance to feel enough, you don't feel enough. You don't feel validated. You don't feel accepted. Why? Because being in a box and meeting someone else's standards isn't going to make you feel worthy, deserving, or safe, right? We are subliminally comparing ourselves to what we think we should do, what we think is right to our conditioning, what we were fed when we were younger. And it makes us constantly feel like we are failing. And we see this with Billy when we go into episode two, that she does feel like she's failing in one sense or another, right? So now let's move into episode two. So like I said in the beginning, you know, the battle between the mother and the maiden is, you know, like all the sex life episodes really show this, right? Like Billy is really trying to figure out all this shit. Her mom is not helpful. Her mom is putting all this pressure on her. Being old school, being petty, being being not what you need, okay? You're what you don't need your mother to be when you're going through all this kind of stuff, right? Her mom is not allowing her to be her best self. She's shaming her, putting her down, judging her. It's gross. It's unacceptable. She's gaslighting her. She's manipulating her. She's guilt tripping her. She's shaming her. All those things. And then she leaves the house to just go kind of recalibrate herself. And then she sees, she kind of ends that with like Majid, right? Like she calls him. And why I want to bring up that moment is what we saw was her mom got into her head and then she kind of said no to something that she really wanted, right? Like she's enjoying enjoying getting to know him, spending time with him, but she let her mom get into her head and decline something that makes her feel happy. Raise your hand if you have ever done this to yourself, where someone else has gotten into your head, you've let someone get into your head, you, and you haven't had the strength to have those energetic boundaries, right? Having those boundaries within yourself because of the shit that you haven't healed within yourself. So, so it's like, you know, she just needs to tell her mom to shut the fuck up. That's what she needs to tell her mom. So raise your hand if you haven't, if you have been in the situation where someone's just gotten into your head and you've done something you didn't really want to do. You didn't go on the date. You canceled the opportunity. You, you know, got a degree in something you didn't want to because you're pleasing someone else. Does it make you feel good? No. The only reason this was flipped around was because the best fucking scene where her mom says, you know, okay, so they're jumping back a little. They're in the kitchen, and then Sasha comes home from Connecticut, etc. Every Olga the nanny is there and everything, right? She's in the kitchen, and her mom starts shaming her. And when her mom says, your sexual appetite has been a problem since you were a teenager, what a fucking bitch, okay? Like, her response was the best response. The best thing I've ever heard on a TV show. And she says her sexual appetite and desire was never the issue in her marriage. It was a lack of honesty. And that dishonesty was caused because of shame that was induced by her, as in her mother. 
And I watched that scene like three times because I'm like, this is pure fucking gold. Like, what a line in the show. And why I love it is because so many women and young women are going to watch this and realize like their desire for sex and hot sex, passionate love is never the issue. It never has been the issue, never will be, right? We don't need to live by this rule book of like settling in a shitty relationship, marriage and, you know, whatever, right? Fitting a box. It's not about that. It's about allowing ourselves as women to accept what is going to fill our heart and saying no to anyone else who is projecting their own shit, their own story, their own limiting beliefs onto us. Their truth is not our truth, right? We need to allow ourselves to live by our own truth and not someone else's. We need to recognize that we can't have it all and that settling isn't going to make us happier. Even if it makes our mother happier, it's not going to make us happy. Because who the fuck cares if your mother is happy, but if you aren't, right? Like, who cares if your mom is happy if you are not doing what you want to be doing? If you are living your life in a way to make your mom or someone else happy so that they accept you. If that's not a clear sign of people pleasing or a fond response which is a trauma response of the need to people please so you feel safe, I don't really know what is, okay? What happens is if you're living your life to please someone else and people pleasing and you're in a fawn, F-A-W-N, trauma response or a tendency, a habit to fall into because of your upbringing, you know, you felt like essentially like, this can show up in a lot of ways, but Essentially, you felt like you were your real authentic self and you expressed yourself and you showed up the way that you wanted to, right? If, it, <clears throat> if you felt like it wasn't going to be accepted, you were going to be rejected, blamed, etc. You shapeshift. Women do this a lot. In order to be loved and accepted by your mom or whoever, and you're still doing this through your adulthood, right? Women do this in relationships. We shapeshift. To please him, to make him happy, to be accepted, to be loved, to get whatever need you need to get. When you're constantly shape-shifting, you lose your sense of self because you're being someone else. You're not being your true authentic self. You are subliminally saying to yourself, the core of me, the truth of me, my most authentic self is not right. It's not okay. It's not loved. It's not accepted. It's not enough. Whatever it is. The scene where her mom and Sasha, not Sasha, Billy and her mom have this scene where she goes to pick up her son, she calls Majid, etc. She comes home and then they have this conversation on the sofa. That was a beautiful scene. It was so healing for her mom to express that she's doing this because she was called a slut when she was younger and that stuck with her. And that she doesn't want that to happen to her daughter, Billy. And why I like this scene is because it makes it so clear to the viewer that your trauma is always passed down from your parents or whoever raised you, right? And you're just trying to protect yourself. Like, your parents are just trying to protect you. Most things are done out of love, even if the execution is questionable. And we love Grandma now. Plot twist. We love Grandma for giving Billy permission 
to find herself, to go back to the city, to go on the date so that she can be her happiest self, right? Be the best mom for her kids. Because as Billy says, I just want to be happy for my kids. I want my kids to see me happy. And divorce is one of those things, you know, it's a win-win, lose-lose. So no matter what happens, there's going to be a little bit of a shitty outcome. But you kind of have to out, like weigh out what's important. And what I've seen from clients who are children of divorced parents is clients who have had trauma from the divorce of I wish I didn't, I wish my parents didn't break up or I internalized it as my own problem. I've also had other clients who are like, I'm so glad my parents divorced because my mom was so much happier, right? Like it was shitty going back and forth and it kind of fucks up the kid's nervous system a little. So they then internalize the story of happiness is important. And then I've had other clients who they're like, oh, I wish, you know, they did get divorced, right? And I always, like, knew that, like, the kids know, like, okay, my parents stayed together for us, right? So it kind of gives the kids a fucked up story of, like, I have to stay even if I'm not loving the situation, loving the person, even if my needs aren't being met. I have to stay because I've made some commitment to someone. And I want to say to you guys on this note, yeah, you have made a commitment, but what about the commitment towards yourself? What about the commitment you should make towards yourself every day of being happy, of feeling loved, of having your needs met? That commitment is just as important, if not more, than the commitment that you make to someone else. Because if you have made a commitment to someone else of being with them for the rest of your life or being their girlfriend, fiance, whatever, right? I also hope you made a commitment to yourself on the kind of life you want to have, the kind of love you want to have, the kind of priorities, values. And when you're committed to your best self, that really shows in a relationship, right? The relationship then is going to be committed to always being its its best self. When you're not committed to you, often in relationships, it can go down the drain. It mirrors, right? Now let's jump into this uh, scene in episode two where Sasha goes back to camp, okay? And... This is what I said about the whole being on the mountain by yourself thing. This is where it's important. It's so interesting that we see her here again because Sasha thinks that she has to choose between her career and him versus doing both. So the whole thing, the way that it's like picked, uh, it's seen, it's epic. This scene actually helps us to realize that Sasha needs to allow herself to have love in her life in a way that it, it it excels her career, right? She's very much in the mindset of it's this or that. But what if this love in her life and her career is actually like makes her career better? She can enjoy her success. She can do it with more ease because she has that grounding masculine support in her life. We don't know if Cam is a good guy at this point, right? Like if he is masculine, grounding, good for her nervous system. We don't know him well enough at this point. But we start to see more of him and we start to see more of her masculine armor around this story that has, you know, that she's like put around herself of like, I have to be by myself in order to be successful. She has this story of like being with a man is going to hold me back. I need to be alone to be successful. Raise your fucking hand if you have the story as a woman, 
right? In order to be successful, I have to be alone. So many women have this story. I used to have this story. And it's like, we are always co-creating within our relationships. Always. We're co-creating in our relationships. If you, like me, want to have the dream career, dream relationship, dream family, and all things, you can fucking have that. It is about co-creating within your life every day to make those things happen. It's about every single day creating the relationship of your dreams, the health of your dreams, the career of your dreams, right? Every day I'm thinking about how can I be better? And it's not this heavy, draining, oh my God, like I don't have some stupid, ridiculous, like fucking practice, but it's this like subconscious conscious thought in my head of like I I always desire to be a better version of myself right I always co-create in a better way and I choose love in every moment that I can and so many of us it takes us hitting rock bottom or losing someone or having a health crisis to actually stop and realize I need to change something so let's just fucking pause this episode here what is some part of your life that you are not 100% happy in? What's exhausting? What is draining? What is not how you want it to be? What area of your life right now is not how you want it to be? Maybe you feel like you're working too hard, not getting enough sleep, enough sex, whatever it is. Just take a moment. And now I want you to make a commitment to yourself to fucking change that thing doesn't mean that you have to have the solution right now that could be joining Shakti Alchemy it could be reading a book that you've been meaning to read but you've been self-sabotaging it means that you can go get a stool sample done to check your gut health but can you take an action step that will allow you to co-create the kind of life that you want to fucking have rather than just sitting and bitching about it and telling us what you want but never fucking taking any action on it right Also, if you remember the scene when Sasha is telling Cam about how, you know, he wanted her to move to California and all that stuff, and he explains everything from his point of view, and it's actually pretty fucking healthy masculine, right? Like, it makes absolute sense, and he was kind of, like, looking out for her, if anything. That was a very masculine thing to do. It was hot, right? All of us, all women, want that decision-making in a partner, like a healthy masculine to just be like yes you know like tell me what the fuck you want like if I was dating someone who you know if I was if I met someone and I dated someone who lives in the fucking bay area and he's like babe I need you like I want you to move out here I would be like yeah I would fucking back and go right because he's like asking he's like pursuing it he's taking charge of everything for our relationship The reason I like this scene is because he puts his foot down and he's like, that's not what I asked. I didn't ask you to give up on your dreams, Sasha. I like she basically decided that. Right. And this is great because so many of us do this to ourselves. We think that if I'm moving here, changing this, I have to give up on something. No, you don't. Right. This was eye opening as and I'm hoping Sasha sees this. Right. Because I'm hoping you realize it. She realizes I did this to myself. I made up this story that I had to give up on my dreams. I made up a story that I had to choose this or this rather than this and this, 
right? Most women don't think in their head now, oh, I can move to California and continue on my dreams, right? I want you to think about this. How can I let my career fly and explode and have the relationship of my dreams? We need to stop thinking about it's this or this. Instead, start saying I can have this and that, right? And this is the point where I was screaming because Cam was like, Cam was like, um, why not try for it all? And he says, because when you climb that mountain and you have no one to turn to talk to about the view, it makes you realize that climbing alone is not worth it if you can't also welcome love into your life. This doesn't mean that you can't climb a mountain alone. It doesn't mean settle in a bad relationship. That's not what I'm saying. It means if you are rejecting love for the sake of success, you have it all wrong. It doesn't mean that it's the easiest thing to manage two things. It doesn't mean it's easy to split your energy, focus, and time amongst two things. But it is possible. What makes it what makes life more joyful is that right when you get to that goal you have someone to share it with I guarantee you no one has ever said to me like I'm glad I let that relationship go because I was so glad I got to that goal and I had no one to share it with right the only story you ever hear is I wish I didn't reject him or push him away because when I reached that goal the only person I wanted to call was him and I couldn't or her and I couldn't It is so nice to be able to share your wins, failures, triumphs, vulnerabilities with someone else. Why? Because we are not made to do it alone. This whole alone thing is a new thing. This raising a child alone, being a mother alone. No, we need a village. It takes a child to raise a village. You know, back in the day when we raised children with a whole village, you wouldn't be the only one breastfeeding your child. All the other mothers would also breastfeed. Why this is such a beautiful thing to think about is it never was the expectation that my body, my mind, my soul, my heart had to do it all. I was so supported. You were in a rest period after giving birth, but now you're a fucking machine. You only get three fucking months off, right? That's why every other woman has postpartum, not only because of nutrient deficiencies and hormonal issues, but because of the amount of monumental pressure we put on ourselves and the lack of validation that we give mothers, you know, we've taken this importance off motherhood. It's like it's not as important anymore. It's not valued. So please make sure to listen to episode 167, I think, of Revaluing Motherhood. It's such an important episode. You know, now we value CEOs over fucking mothers and teachers and healers. You know, the people that heal, the people that help, right? Fucking the people that help are people that are, in my opinion, irreplaceable. And you cannot put a dollar amount on them. Like doulas, like people, like midwives, your friends that come and support you. You can't put a price tag on that shit. When you're going through a huge human experience, whether it's motherhood or a huge change in your life, you need your 
village to turn to. Because feeling alone is not a good feeling. So, like I said, episode one, the new Cooper is a new Cooper, right? He's so commending. Like, and we saw this when he they fired Francesca when they find out find out that they had the they had sex in the conference scene and conference room or whatever, right? And she fucking loved it. She was so turned on by it. Like, she was so just like, get here now, right? She was ravishing him. And what feminine women want is just that, right? Feminine women want to feel like we don't have to be the one to yell at the fucking boss or the annoying person or make a scene. We want to feel like a man is going to be like, yes, you know, like, and, and take, take control. And what I love about Francesca is she is, you know, a boss, but she's in her feminine. She's graceful. She holds herself, etc. Like she probably could, you know, cause a little bit more of a fuss about being fired. But I also love that she didn't pull the sexism card as this manipulating tactic on healthy feminism that sometimes women do. And what I do love is that Cooper did that, right? It was so fucking hot when Cooper just stormed in there and he's like, this is sexism. If you're going to fire her, you have to fire me. He was sacrificing himself for her. He was full on protecting her. A passive man would have been like, sorry. And, you know, when she told him that he she was going to get fired and he was she was like well she's like I don't want to make a fuss and then a passive man would be like oh I'm sorry this what happened to you right which is just gross it's fucking disgusting it's like it makes my pussy just dry if a man does shit like that I wouldn't even want a woman to do that right it's like this tiptoeing around because of this you know our society is so sensitive we just tiptoe around because we're so afraid to ruffle some feathers I'm sorry, but if you were a fucking tiptoer, one, I couldn't be friends with you, but two, people are not going to feel safe around you. People feel safe around people who don't stand for bullshit, right? People feel safe around a person, whether it's a person who's a friend or whatever, when they know, okay, this person is going to protect me and make me like have my back. Passive people stress your nervous system because it's like, what is going to happen next, right? So instead, he fucking made a fuss, which we loved, and sacrificed himself for her and his job for her. Fucking screaming at this point, right? Because I'm like, yes. And then what I do want to say, obviously, is when they're, like, when Francesca and Cooper are back in Francesca's apartment, Cooper's, like, reflecting on life, as we saw, looking out the window, whatever, Francesca just kind of comes running in, really excited, very feminine, and she's overexcited, and <laughs> she, she's just like, <laughs> she just, she goes, marry me, and I'm like, oh my god, cringe, wrong move, and what we can tell is she doesn't do it, it was a little pushy, But it's coming from, like, fun and excitement, right? Which is the feminine urge. But what we see is that... 
maybe it's like her being in her masculine from work. We don't know yet, right? But a woman that is in tune with a man who, you know, and just aware of what Cooper's gone through and has that sensitivity, empathy, would also know that there was no way in hell that Cooper is ready to say, yes, I'm going to marry you, right? And also, a feminine woman is never going to be the one to propose. Sorry, but no, right? Um, fuck no. I will never get down on one knee and ask a man to marry me. Like, it's just so crazy to me. I know one guy who was proposed to by a woman, and she's the one that ended up, like, divorcing him. And he's a very passive guy, so, like... I think he's attractive, but I could never be with a guy like that. But I'm just like, oh, I don't know. It is a privilege for a man, you know, something that he looks forward to, to to be able to ask a woman to marry them, right? And when she says yes, it's like this other feeling that they get through their body because she is committing and giving herself to him. A man doesn't want to give himself to her by him saying yes, he wants it the other way around. He wants to ask and then receive her, right? He wants to be, like, she wants to be able to be received by him. So that was, that was really fucking interesting. I was like, oh, not a vibe. But, um, yeah. So back at the restaurant, Billy is at the restaurant, um, like, on the stage with this guy, right? And then... She's been kind of, like, like, kink-shamed. I don't know. Like, okay, she's kind of, like, showing up in her masculine. She's being really forward. I don't know. Her energy was a little weird here. But anyways, he's making it beyond clear, though. Like, Cooper makes things clear sexually, and we haven't seen on, on screen that Cooper is wanting to commit to Francesca, right? We see beyond... It's very clear, like, Majid makes it clear that he wants her. He wants to commit to her. He is pursuing her. Maybe not commit yet, but he is pursuing with the intention of committing, right? He pushes back when she says, for example, I can't. Not in this over-dominating, arrogant, asshole way, but she's, he's just like, I'm not going anywhere. You can feel safe around me. You can push me. And I'm not going to be like, I'm leaving now, right? No woman ever wants to feel like she could say one wrong thing or push back and him break up and leave the relationship and not bring a sense, like it doesn't bring a sense of safety to a relationship, okay? So she pushes back. He's 100% leading, executing, cherishing, wanting, claiming her, right? And because she keeps denying him, like... She kind of has to be the one to go to the restaurant, right? And be like, okay, I'm sorry, I want to do this, etc. And then once she's at the restaurant, she's sitting at the table, she's being flirty, and she's like, she's just in her feminine, right? She's dressed beautifully, she's sitting at the table, she's being like, like she's cheeky because she's like there's a problem with the hummus and then the waiter goes and gets him and then the waiter says to him like table one wants to speak to the owner right and then she's sitting there all beautifully waiting to be received 
um, received by him and wanting to receive him. And the way she sits there is just like, I'm cute, I'm innocent. And it's so sexy and beautiful. And he walks up to her. He goes and gets her. Right? So she's kind of like putting herself there, but he's making that choice. She's then saying, he's then saying, I've got a bottle of wine. And then he invites her home. She's not doing that. She's putting herself in his field of vision. And he makes it clear, right? And she's just like very much matching his vibe and being receptive when, when they're together. So if you're like, oh my God, mind blown with this, Shana, then dating for love, not lust is where you need to be. The, that's your dating course. If you need to create more polarity and understanding men though and heal your relationship with men so you can feel safe to let a man lead, then that's let men be men. If you have any questions on that, email me bloomshaktihealing at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at bloomshakti. The next scene is Sasha and Kim are walking home and he makes a really good point of like, because they both want to change the world, they both want to be ambitious, they both want to help people, they want to do all these things, why can't they do it together? And double the manpower basically, right? Put more energy behind it. And this is basically saying and sharing the importance of having the same value and goal in life. So if you have a high level of ambition and you want to change the world, for example, the only way someone else is going to drag you down and not make it that possible and making you feel like you have to be alone is if you're in a relationship with someone that doesn't want that. And then, of course, you're feeling dragged down as a result. But if you are with someone that is matching your energy, if you're with someone that is matching your goals and your ambitions and your desires for life, your priorities, your values, being in the energy together is actually going to amplify things, right? You're only going to be able to create more of an impact in the world. You're only going to have more love. You're only going to have more momentum and speed through life faster and achieve more. Because like Cam said, there's double the manpower. So think about that in terms of anyone that's feeling like I will only be successful or I'm more successful. You know, maybe it's because you just haven't been with the right person who matches your energy, right? I've only become more successful, in my opinion, anyway, since being, you know, like up-leveling who I date. The last thing I'm going to talk about is the scene of how Majid approaches Billy with sex. And I love this scene. Like, he is just, oh, like, I also want to say the producers did a great job of, like, representing a woman who's had kids. You know, like, I know some people will, of course, like, put their own projections of, like, she's too skinny. They should have gotten a curvier woman. Like, saying okay we're not it's not a real woman's body whatever first off let's stop stop fucking judging right all i want to say is like we are seeing a very natural looking woman and i'm not sure how old the actress is (laughs) but i also love the fact that the actress is so bold courageous enough to let herself be fully seen on camera And, fuck, I lost my train of thought. 
you can tell on, like, by the skin on her stomach, you know, and by her boobs that she's not, like, super perky and she's probably breastfed and has kids in real life. And I want to say thank you to that because we're not just seeing the these perfect bodies of moms who have had kids, but actually looking banging, right? Like, that's really possible. And, you know... I just really appreciated that because I just really feel like this show is so real and it relates to us on so many levels. And if you haven't watched it, please, I highly encourage you to watch it, especially listening to these episode breakdowns because it's going to help you to have even more learning from the show and wow moments um, like for yourself. So she's fucking beautiful. All the characters are beautiful and especially Billy and her body and just her, like her character. It's just so real. It feels so authentic. I love that Majid is so attracted to her realness and her inability to keep her mouth shut on these first few dates. And he represents that guy that we all want and we can have of she's fully expressing herself in all of her realness, all her authenticity, all her vulnerability and he keeps saying thank you. He, he's like, thank you, thank you, thank you for being this raw, being this authentic. And we don't know, maybe he's fucking crazy at the end. But I want to say from my own experience that that kind of man is possible. And, you know, in the beginning of dating, you have to be so blunt and so real, so honest, and it is so important to know what you want and who you are to find your dream partner and cultivate that dream relationship. So being authentic, being real with each other from the beginning, sharing your desires, values, and goals with a partner you know, what you want in your dream relationship is so important to do from the beginning. And the last thing to just wrap up this podcast episode, obviously we see Brad still fantasizing about Billy. He's still feeling in love with her. But what I love is with Brad, he's just become like, he's a dad now and he's committed to that. He's so masculine. He's so committed to you know, being a protector and a provider for Gigi and his, you know, child-to-be. And it's like he's so in that healthy masculine of, like, I have a job to do that he puts his happiness on the back burner. Not necessarily saying this is a good thing because it'll bottle up in some shape, way, or form. But it was this, it was so beautiful to see that he's not going to leave this pregnant woman for Billy, Right? And I know we kind of want him to, but there's a part of me that doesn't because I'm glad we're seeing on on screen, you know, the reality of what happens in relationships today. He's like committing to Gigi and his child because that's what a good man does. And we're seeing this really healthy, but so dominant and sexy and passionate man that wants to ensure that the mother of his children or child and this woman feels protected and provided for. He feels a responsibility as a man to do that. And I'm like, yes, like this is true masculinity. So 
yeah, I just, oh, I love this episode. So um, I'm going to leave this podcast episode here. And next week, I'm going to have the next portion. So make sure you like, subscribe, review the podcast episodes. I continue doing them. It does take a lot of my time. You know, there's a lot of learnings from my podcast episodes. So the least you could do in a simple energy exchange that takes less than a minute is to just do an Apple podcast review if you have an Apple phone. And whether you're listening to, to it on Spotify or Apple, what have you, you know, please like that is a simple, easier energy exchange. And I would really appreciate it. And if you screenshot your review and email it to me or DM it to me, I will send you an exclusive track that I created that is a quick, deep energy healing clearing daily. So yeah, I hope you all have a wonderful day and I will talk to you all later. I hope this episode has left you feeling empowered and you're walking away with wisdom and action steps. I would really appreciate if you could share this episode with someone that you feel would benefit, maybe even tag me on Instagram and definitely do an Apple podcast review so that more people can find me and I can fulfill my mission of helping people. Also, if you do an Apple podcast review, make sure to take a screenshot so that you can email it to bloomshackyhealing at gmail.com and receive an exclusive track just for doing the Apple podcast review as my thank you to you for that wonderful energy exchange.